This week on Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we talk about our Mission Chicago Star Trek convention experience. We'll also talk about Picard's second season episode 6, 2 of 1. Thanks for joining us, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm doing okay, I think. I mean, other than having to coach you on multiple takes of our intro, of our new intro. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Lord. I'm good. Me. How are you? How are you doing? It's so it hot today in New York. I was, it, was, it was not hot. 64 degrees is not hot. No, it was 68. Yeah. When oh, I was like stalking you. Four degrees raise it to the hot factor. It was so warm. Anyway, I'm fine. It is Wednesday. It I, is Wednesday. Uh, you know, I, I'm fully recovered from the convention. So that's... I'm now totally thing. recovered. Yeah. Uh, back in the mode of work. It's a busy week at work. It obviously. is so busy. I'm like drowning. It's insane. But well, don't here we are. Well, don't me to throw you a life jacket because i'll just let you drown all right well um yeah i'm i'm kind of like when will the toil and suffering be over that is life yeah. you know but here we are here it we hasn't are. ended yet still here nope. uh, and you know what you're you're gonna live to be 100 and i am going to revel in every moment of that because then i'll be 109 so are, are you are you are you gonna die before me or after oh no i plan I, I mean i don't know i think you'll outlive us all just because you want it to end so badly that um i think that you're just gonna stick around forever <laughs> i'm always ready yeah perpetually ready just make it fast anyway um it's mid-april we're only a couple weeks away from more new star trek we're in the middle of picard but we went to Chicago yeah. for a convention, our we first did. official Star Trek convention. Yes, first official one, second overall, but correct, yeah. our first official Star Trek convention. And what a difference an official convention makes, I think. Yeah, I mean, we were complaining about the organization of the convention leading up to it. And I do still think that they can do a better job. They could have done a better job and they could do a better job in the future. But overall, I think that they... You know, they pull it together. It, it came together at the end. Yeah, I mean, I heard that there were some shakeups at Reed Pops, so that sort of um, caused the chaos. Uh, yeah, we weren't convinced uh, that there was going to be a, a decent convention to go to, but it turned out pretty well, I think. Yeah, no, I thought it turned out well overall. I mean, it does make a huge difference to have the official Star Trek brand obviously surprisingly that makes the difference and also having official sanction officially being officially sanctioned from paramount gives them 
access to content and to props and Mm -hmm. to all the talent, obviously. So that definitely made a difference in terms of how it felt. Because like, yeah, the the Vegas one last year was, I know we complained about it. It was just like the branding was weird. They kind of made up own shit. We were like, what is this? So... Yeah, we were and we were kind of unexperienced convention goers too. We didn't really know anybody. Um, we ended up meeting up with some of the other people on the network. There were only six of us there total. Um, so the other four people we met up on Friday night for drinks and got to know them. But that was our first meeting of them. So um, that was you know that was definitely a highlight for that convention. But this one, it was great to see so many of our network people there it was great Mm -hmm. to have the official um stuff from paramount so we got three three special little treats um which i think have all been subsequently released to the internet so um have they no no the strange new world stuff has not been released to the internet yeah no we didn't yeah they we got a glimpse at the first bridge scene of Strange New Worlds, and that was not released. And then we also got that little bit from Prodigy too, that little scene between Jamie oh, and right, Chipotle. Right? Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. That hasn't been yeah. released. And now during the think commi- about it, during the commissioning scene of the Prodigy. Oh, sorry. Another. And also, pro- we got to star, see a scene from uh, Lower Decks that's not released yet either. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we did get some some excuses, which are really cool. Um, and we're not going to tell anybody about. Them. I mean, nothing like earth, or, <clears throat> nothing earth shattering, but I think that it was yeah. still, it was still kind of cool. We can talk about that... it. We just, we're just not allowed to like film it and show it. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, let's start with. Uh, let's just go through the weekend a little bit. Uh, you know, yeah. Friday kicked off with Will Wheaton, who I thought was really great. Yeah, he's um, good. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, as we'll talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, modern There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did we get on Friday? We got that, and then well, um, there were no, the the show panels were Saturday and Sunday, so that right, was right. we had one other panel. Oh, it was the LGBTQ meetup? Wasn't that Friday? Oh yeah, the uh, collective. That was a good one. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we saw Doug Jones. That was Doug Friday. Jones. Yeah, that was Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, that was so yeah. We did, we that did was okay. Did, that was fine. Yeah, he's such a great storyteller. That was you know he's so gracious and so fan friendly and um, yeah. And later on that day, actually, I got to meet him in person, and uh, it was just me and him, and it was great because uh, mm-hmm. his table had kind of emptied. He was actually supposed to be with the Discovery crew doing photos, so it was late to that, but because their handler never came and got them. So, right. um, so I had a few minutes. Yeah, because you got your you got your photo and autograph with Will Wheaton and Doug. And Doug, yeah. All Doug Friday? Yeah. yeah, those are both Friday. Friday oh, was wow. a great day. I was very, very happy with Friday. I loved Friday. Uh, I had, yeah, it was really, uh, when I went to bed Friday night, I was like, I don't think that any, I like, I was on a high. I thought that that was an excellent day and uh, I couldn't, there was no way that Saturday or Sunday was going to top it. 
and truthfully they didn't really you know i got to mm. i got to meet and talk to will wheaton at his table um so that was really cool i had him sign just the geek uh stupidly i saw his new book at right. the table uh -huh. uh, not at his table at the bookstore that the was there book, the book yeah pop up whatever you call yeah, it yeah the bookstore pop up and uh, I really should have grabbed it, and I'm kicking myself repeatedly for not doing that. But I did get my copy that I had pre-ordered from Amazon. I've also been listening to the audiobook, so um, and it's really good. Uh, his, uh, uh, I love him as a narrator, so I can't wait to talk to him in the future. Fingers crossed. And uh, so that was really cool. And then I got a picture with him, and the first picture I messed up, and I get to go back and do a second one. And I, the second one was much better, although it was a little dark. Um, but still, I got a picture. I thought your him. photos came out well. Yeah, the the Will Wheaton one is just kind of dark overall. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, so that was exciting. And then I was just walking away after that, and I looked over and I saw uh, Doug Jones's table, and. Um, no, one person was there talking to him. And I was like, eh, I guess I'll go over and talk to him since he's over there, you know, just talking to one person. And so, you know, I got to, I picked out a picture of uh, Saru as captain, which he signed. Mm -hmm. And I also got some selfies with them, which were really cool. He is just so friendly. And I reminded him that I had interviewed him in Hawaii right and uh so it was really cool and then i posted the photos and he actually responded to me on instagram mm -hmm. and said thanks for you know it was so nice to meet you and said some really nice things and so um yeah what do you say? you're mean, such a I, kind soul mike yes kind i'm a kind soul yes yes so a, kind so kind uh i am a kind soul so yes if he said that about um, me that would be a lie i'll be like whatever fucker jk yes um yes we've we have an inside joke about you not being a light <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> i'm not a light <laughs> that's, a, that's a only light. inside joke um so yeah i went home that or went back to our hotel home. room that night and i was like this was just the best day meeting will wheaton meeting doug jones in person um which i edited been 10 months since i interviewed him from the roof deck of the hotel in hawaii i was mm -hmm. staying at and so i was impressed that he remembered and uh it was really cool to... so i was just on a high i mean I, that was a great day that was you know i thought wow i you know mm -hmm. i don't know how saturday's gonna beat that it really didn't but i mean there were some good things about saturday but i was just yeah i was i was really happy with that and then um yeah, then we had a, where did we go for, oh, we went to a um, Pisano's for, for dinner that night, which was a, just a short walk from the hotel, and I had deep dish pizza, and correct. you had I was like, what did we do? And... That is correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then, then we went to the market, and on the way out of the market, this woman accosted, not accosted, that's definitely too strong of a word. I mean, I had smiled at her like a nice person would in the thing. She was clearly high and or drunk or whatever. 
And then she like gave us both hugs and kisses uh, on the street. I was, I was like, sure, cool. okay, yeah. Um, so, all right, thanks, Chicago. Um, so yeah, I mean, Friday was a great day, and then uh, so Saturday we get up again. Thankfully, there is a Starbucks. There is a, both a Starbucks. Oh my god, I don't. I didn't realize you were gonna go through like our itinerary in such detail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> including you know, just... our grocery shopping, but sure. Well, you know, that just came to mind. I was thinking about Friday. I'm telling you, I really loved Friday. Friday was one of the great days of my life. I will say. Oh my um, god. Yeah. What do you mean? I, you can have great That's days. I can have many great days. One no, of the great days. Okay. Day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I admire Will Wheaton so much for so many different things, uh, and mm-hmm. so meeting and talking to him, and he was really generous and kind, and I get to say some really nice things to him at his table, and so yeah, just that meaningful connection was uh, super uh super awesome and uh you know i'm i'm i was the same age as he was on when he did star trek the next generation so i thought that was really awesome um and he is only a mere 10 months little 10 months older than i am so um so yeah just meeting him you know i love him in the ready room i love his narration of audiobooks uh, especially John Scalzi's works. And um, so, yeah, I can, you know, anything I can do to support him, I think he's just a really genuine and awesome guy. And so meeting someone like that, meeting, like, I guess one of your heroes, I guess I would say. Um, wow. It's just a it's just a cool experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why it was such a great day. And then the bonus was meeting Doug Jones and getting, you know, a mm-hmm. selfie. In person. In person. Right. So, um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a great day. So anyway, uh, it was cold though. It was like, that was my overall complaint about the trip in Chicago in general, that it's cold. It was dreary. It snowed one day. I was like, why is this happening? And we didn't want to go outside too much. That was like the only thing. Yeah. we didn't. It was you know, like convention that it was like was that or Vegas, away. where it's like 110 degrees. I'm like, why does it need to be such extremes? Sure. And then I'm sure yeah, Seattle exactly. next year is going to be also terrible, but whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So Seattle's not going to be great weather. It's also Memorial Day weekend, so maybe it'll be all right though. Maybe Memorial Day. It's you know. So yeah. Um, so that was Saturday. Uh, that was Friday. Not that was Saturday. Friday. Saturday. Saturday, we started out with some coffee, but then got to see Lower Decks. The low, yes, really Lower Decks cool. panel was first, which is great. It was good. I love the cast. I thought that they, even though they, one of the things that they talked about is that they don't really get to work together because they all are doing their audio recording in booths or whatever. I thought they had great banter. It was just, they're all funny they like each other, which is always positive. And it was, it was just we're very dressed up light. in their costumes. Oh, right. That was cool that they all basically came in cosplay. That was awesome. And yeah, they, they just, were they just like, they were introduced that way as a crew. It was kind of funny because right, not the cast, the, but the, the moderator. Crew. Yeah, the moderator was like um, the the cat. They couldn't make it. The cast couldn't make it. 
And I was like, I just saw a picture, you know, I, I don't know if I said it to you. I thought it, I was like, I just saw a photo on Instagram that they were out drinking last night in uh, Chicago. So uh, no, you did that's not, not say exactly that to me. It was a quick joke. He didn't leave us hanging for too long. No, yeah, no. But and, uh, uh, no, it was so great. I, you know, and they, they're just all enthusiastic. And obviously, I, I mean, it's nice also that you can tell some of them are true Star Trek fans. That's always helpful because sometimes, you know, like you have these cast members that are obviously not Trek fans and they're just there to act, which is fine. That's fine. But it was just, it's great when they're Star Trek fans, they play off each other well and they get, and I, I just love that um, Tony, Tony Newsom. That's her name. I love that Tony Newsom is just such a Star Trek geek and she loves DS9. And of course, when they're asked, oh, who's a one Star Trek character that you would love to bring with you to a deserted island? She says, Kai Wynn. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Kai She's Wynn. Like, Thank you. Well, very it, was much. A, it was, you were, if you were exploring the universe and you were dropped on a class M planet with very little resources, who would you pick? Oh, okay. It was like, it was like basically deserted, the deserted island question. Yeah, desert island. It was a, a class M planet that was not necessarily inhospitable but it wasn't also a paradise and she she said well kai win because you need to bring some evil you know because i feel like evil gets some things done or whatever so um yeah she's she's hilarious and yeah they're they're such a good cast they're you're right they're fans mike mcmahon is obviously a huge fan fan. has been for a long long time and mike mcmahon's just Um, funny and his very just uh you can tell his he's just enthusiastic i i like his energy and yes, they showed us, as we mentioned, they showed us a scene. They, yeah, they, it was like, no, they showed us the, wasn't the intro? No, what was it? It was just like the the one scene of them playing a game together or something. And we got like a more Yeah, they were playing game. basically Dungeons and Dragons, but the Klingon version with Gork. It was a board game. It was a board game yeah. and... Yeah. We, we got a Martok cameo, which is nice. Yeah, Martok. And um, yeah, that was cool. And then they did show us before that, I think, the teaser, which is now out on the internet about how it seems like in the opener, the Lower Decks is going to steal the Cerritos and go save Captain Freeman. Right. So, um, which I think is really cool because the, the Cerritos is in some dry dock in, yeah, it's basically an asteroid or something, you know, just with, and it looked like it was just sitting there, like no, no work was being done on it. Um, it was just hanging out in this, uh, in this dry dock. But uh, yeah, so it was all voiceover. It's nothing seen. The only thing that was shown was Cerritos. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool that they are gonna potentially steal the Cerritos to go see save Captain Freeman. So yes, it's very search for Spock. Yeah. And I was trying to, as they were showing the the other scene, uh, they showed us the int- they showed us a cold open, and then showed us the the opening credits. And I didn't notice anything. I was I didn't notice anything different. I didn't see anything. Well, so they kept on oh, the first two seasons. They added some stuff to the Klingon minor, uh, yeah, minor Romulan. minor edits. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's uh, there's something else there, but that we haven't seen yet, but. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're just a funny, fun crew, and um, 
Yeah, they had really long lines for signature, for autographs and photos and whatnot, which was great to see. And uh, on Sunday, Tani sang with, as we were leaving, Tani sang with Five Year Mission. Right. Which is really cool on stage. Um, so, yeah, she's a fan. She's, she's very talented. She can sing, she can improv, she can act. It's just awesome. And she knows she's Star Trek. All around. Which is always nice. And she knows Star Trek. Yeah, so uh, Jack Quaid, Noel Wells, and um, number one himself, I can't, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I said. So that was fun. And then uh, the big one of the day. So we took a lunch and then came back for Strange New Worlds, which is the one thing that we were most looking forward to. I think. Yes, that was, uh, that was a good panel. But the problem was they couldn't talk about too many things. It was just like very, very evasive. Yeah, of course which is not. Expected, and they they did show us one scene of it was the it's the first bridge scene, and it was good. It was it was a nice scene. It was it was quick, but it was nice to kind of just see the bridge and see the cast and the crew. Yeah. Um... And the way that, so they were, you know, Pike and Spock were coming up in the turbo lift Mm -hmm. and they were talking about the first officer. So number one is not there during this first bridge scene. Right. Um, Don't know where she is, but. um, But they were like, don't worry. She's in the scene. She's in the show. (laughs) Like, okay, got it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Anson was like, she's in the show. Um, and we've seen other clips of her, so we know that. But it was kind of funny because the person that I least expected, Lan Noonien Singh, was going to be his is his first officer in the opening. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that that was interesting. Uh, yeah, but the bridge looks amazing. It looks even better than it did in Discovery. Yeah, um, they, they definitely it redesigned bit. it a little bit since Discovery. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but the thing is, it definitely one thing that they talked about a little bit, which I definitely think is appropriate for Stranger Worlds, is they are going back to some of the more primary colors of TOS and really making that pop. Because Discovery has a very blue hue to everything. You know, everything has this blue tint to it, including the bridge scenes and the Enterprise and everything. And Picard also has this, like, it's kind of, Picard has more of an orangey kind of, like, reddish tint hue, like, that they always gravitate towards. Um, this, I, well, I feel the darker, like they really like, mean. browns and reds. Browns, yeah, browns, reds. That, that tends to be very Picard. Um, but I really liked how, so of what we've seen so far, they really just kind of made changing the world's a little more vibrant in terms of like the primary colors and kind of just letting those pop. So I appreciate that. And you can see that on the bridge for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they got some redesigned uniforms. Uh, and yeah, it, uh, Anson Mount looks great. Yeah. Anson Mount looks excellent. Yes. Hello, daddy. Um, yeah, he is really cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited. That, that was a good panel. And, uh, yeah, they, and they, they, they also played well off each other as well. 
Yeah, they did. They were they were a bit. Um, they they sort of took a little bit of a back seat, and I am trying to find her name, and I can't, which is ridiculous. Um, but they sort of let uh, the woman who's playing Cadet Ahura uh, take the. I don't remember her name either. On... Yeah, so I'm trying to find, find it. it. And Celia sounds familiar, right? I don't um, know. Uh, Celia Rose Gooding. There we go. Look at that. I was right. Um, mm. So they did let Celia kind of take the lead on the panel a lot. She got a lot of the questions, which I thought was great because we've seen like number one and Pike and Spock kind of talk um, on other other stages together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so I think uh, I think it was really nice for them to give her kind of a shot. Yeah, no, it was really nice, and she was I'm very excited. That to be more, there. yeah, I guess. Well, I guess so. It was nice that yeah, they had all of the four of them there. No other cast members, but I, they're all like they're all up shooting basically. So everyone kind of flew down for this convention. Uh, yeah, they're shooting season two right now. Anthem. Yeah. And uh, Rebecca Romaine did not do any photos or anything. She was just on stage um, along with uh, Anson and Ethan so and Celia. So, But Celia, Anson, and Ethan were doing uh, autographs. They decided okay. not to do photos. They did stop. They did not do the photos that they, oh, okay. that they planned to oh. because they were there filming. So. Yeah, I thought that was the best panel of the weekend, to be honest. You know, I think that's the one that everyone is most excited about. I'm definitely excited about it. I can't wait to see this show. And, um, yeah, so there's that. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think, did we do anything else that day? Yeah. We also got the... um, the, Well, we we went to the Kate Morgan panel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's great. Yeah. Kate Mulgrew is great. Yeah, it was just a, it was a spotlight on her alone, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, she did a great job. She did a great job the next day on the Prodigy panel as well. Was, but, wait, uh, was Saturday yeah. also Discovery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. It was. Yes, it was. Yep. Discovery panel was whatever. I fell asleep. It was like there was, there was nothing new to talk about. It was, it was basically like just a quick like a quick uh, overview of the season and then they went into Q&A and I didn't think it was that interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about uh, that. Um, I was like, we're missing one. Yeah. I was like, we're missing a panel because there were three show panels. On yeah, Saturday. yep, yep. Yeah, yeah I, and going yeah, back to the Kate Mulgrew panel, I actually really like that panel. I I, 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 I don't think either of us were expecting too much out of it. And we went and it was great. Like she did... Um, she it was kind of centered around her book reading, but that was really just like ten minutes. It really wasn't a big deal at the end. It was mostly just honestly, I really liked right. just her reminiscing about Voyager. She talked a little about Prodigy, and she's just very clever and witty and honest, which I really liked. And she just did a great yeah. job during the Q and A. Like she just gave like really honest answers to people, and you know, like she's not. Like Doug Jones or Will Wheaton, she's not warm or anything, but actually, really like how just like straightforward and blunt she. She's very blunt, which I, you know, that's me. Like I, I, I really like just how blunt she is, and she has, you know, she has a lot of wisdom too. 
she has a lot of advice to share, like a lot of life lessons to share. And I actually really like that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think thought she's she looked gorgeous. Uh, she looked great. She, yeah, yeah, she looked amazing. And um, yeah, it was you know, yeah, that was a fun, unexpected panel. She was, she's saw. really funny. I, I didn't expect that. She's really, really. She has this like dry humor, but it's like hilarious. I love it. Yeah, she's got a great stage presence, and and she's got that pause. You know, she takes that pause and lets the the joke or the thing seep in or she waits yeah. to respond. Like it's just, she just time, her timing is just perfect. Yeah. And she's very uh, just thoughtful, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and going back to, and she the remembers the episode. She like remembers oh. the episodes really well. Like she, she'll be able to oh, talk yeah. in detail. Like someone was like, <laughs> one of the best questions was like, someone was like, I want to know, once and for all, the Captain Janeway <laughs> murder two Vicks. That was so great. And of course, she knew exactly uh, what was. she was talking about. I, I don't know. I, I just I just really enjoy that she she knows her show. She knows the mythology and she knows her fans. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, but to go back to the discovery panel briefly, briefly, you know, they did they. You know they did they did a nice job. Uh, David Ajala did some nice things. The the one thing you know the one moving part of that panel. I don't know if you're awake for this or not, but uh, someone came up to him and said, or came up to the the microphone and said to David Ajala, you know your character helped me through move grief on or something. From the, right. Yeah, move on through the grief of losing my best friend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was on I was unmoved. I mean, you, not surprising. Um, <laughs> I was, but I was moved, and I, I was moved, and I was moved by the fact that he got down, jumped down from the stage, and went and gave this guy a hug. Yes, I saw like that. a serious hug. Like mm-hmm. this wasn't like a like pat on the back. Like he held the guy for like thirty seconds. It was really touching, and um, so that was that was a cool part of that that episode. Uh, that uh, panel yes and uh you know one of the other things that i really appreciated was something that anthony rapp said um about how he's been learning from blue and ian Uh just about what representation means uh now and in these days um and how uh representation and being visible is uh is crucial if not Mm -hmm. you know in you know Nece- not not just necessary it's crucial and needed and must happen it's not a negotiable it's not negotiable um so mm-hmm. i thought that was really a powerful thing one that he's learning he can t- he's you know he's been very vocal about learning more and um so i thought that was really um really cool for him to to say and um and this was a this revolved around a question about um, what causes did the cast support outside of their right, kind of work? Right, and uh, you know, Ian shared that uh, they supported. Uh, I wish I could remember the exact name, and I'll try to look it up. But yeah, I don't remember um, the name. It was for something or other. It was for getting. Uh, it was. It was basically a fund to help trans people who don't feel safe going through public transit. Yes, yes. Getting and Uber probably them with Ubers or whatever. 
Yes, it covers their rides home so that they're safe. And I thought that that was a really, that's a really, like... Um, it's very practical. Just crucial, but really, you know, like, actionable thing. You know, it's not, right. it's not like you're giving to something that, you know, doesn't, you know, you don't see very much of. This is something that helps people every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah. so uh, I thought that was really, really great. Yeah, um, no, that's nice. So, yeah, and then, uh, so that was our day, and then we went to lunch, dinner, we went to dinner with, uh, with, the, with our sci-fi sisters, and uh, some of their friends, and yeah, uh, that's nice. We had, we had a really good Chinese dinner. Yes, it was, a it, was... it was a tricky order, which only partially succeeded, but it, it mostly succeeded, fine. it did not, there was just one little thing, and yeah, it was um, fine. It was fine. It was fine. It all turned out fine. And then we hung out. We went back to the hotel and hung out a little bit. Yes. And, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's nice. Oh, and I didn't even tell you part of Friday's thing was that we met Bill and Dan for the first time in person ever. Oh, that's right. Uh, which was Correct. really cool. Uh, really cool to meet Bill and Dan in person. Uh, our executive producers who we'd only met through Zoom during Correct. the pandemic. Correct. Uh, and uh, they had not... Uh, they didn't make it to Vegas and because there was a surge and they decided to stay home. And um, yeah, so it was great to meet them. We got to see Mike and Jamie from the Divine Treasury. And we got to meet Mike's daughter, Emily, from Discovering Trek Prodigy. Uh, so it's really cool to, to meet all these. We met Andy Fark from Five Year Mission. We met Ron Roble from ConPod. Um who else did we meet? We met Matt. I cannot remember his last name. From, from the Great Link. From the First Link. The I First think. Link, not the, the Great Link. I don't know. I don't even know his podcast. The First Link, yes. I should probably know his podcast, uh, but oh well. You should probably. Ma Matthew from uh, the with the First Linker. Yes, I think. Correct. Um, Slack's not open, so I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to. Um, so yeah, so we you know we got to meet a, a bunch of. We met Matthew on Saturday night after we came back and hung out with people uh, in the bar, which the bar closed ridiculously early, unnecessarily early. Um, so that it was, was like that eleven. Was it was like eleven ish. Yeah, it was at eleven on a Saturday night. They were closing, which is ridiculous. Um, I was so, okay. I was like, I'm ready to go. So it I, was fine. I didn't mind it that I much. You were. But yeah. Um, yeah, and then Sunday we got up. It was the last day of the con, and we got to go to Prodigy, which was first. Uh huh. Um, which is good. Prodigy was good too. It was that was a good panel. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we saw an opening scene with Chakotay. Or it was actually a holodeck. Correct. Of the time when, when it was the commissioning of the protostar. Of the protostar, yes. Yes, and, and you get so, a you get a nice scene between Janeway and Chakotay. Yes, and then she pauses it, and the real Janeway uh, pauses uh, it. Yes, the real ad Vice Admiral Janeway, who's looking for Chakotay, um, pauses it. Yes, and um, so yeah, yeah, I like that panel the, as well. Um, definitely in big part due to Kate Mogu's presence. But I also like the fact that 
for the Q&A portion, there were a number of kids that just asked questions. Some of them were very funny questions. And I did not yeah. realize how popular Murph is. Apparently, that is, <laughs> yes. that is the, most the most popular character. And it was really funny because Kate yeah. Mulgrew specifically asked one of the kids that came up to the microphone, who is of because she was like dig, she was like digging right she was like of the characters that have speaking roles <laughs> which is your favorite <laughs> and then yes. the kid was still like Murph <laughs> it was really amazing I, I just love that I I I had no idea that Murph was so popular but apparently right. yeah it is a fan favorite and we were eating lunch and. The kid from Saturday's panel, who was up on stage dancing, I think. Right. Uh, he was there, and um, we asked him who his favorite character was, and it was also Murph. Of course. So, Murph. Yes. Um, oh, we didn't mention, nice. on Friday, I ran into a childhood friend, someone that I knew from oh. grade school, David Fenko. Shout out to David Fenko from Staten Island, New York. And... I literally have known this guy since second grade. And we've, I mean, we've lost touch since then. We, we went to the scene, grade school, junior high, and high school. It was just really funny. And after high school, we lost touch because we went our separate ways. But yeah, he was there with his kid, Oliver, I think was his name. Yes, Oliver. That's his and name. yeah, Oliver was also a Murph fan. So whatever. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the the people have spoken apparently. So that was that was yeah. funny. But yeah, that was a good panel. I I, I think uh, you know I'm as some of our listeners may or may not know I'm not a fan of children like at all. I don't need them in my life. I don't need them near me. I don't usually like them in media. I don't like seeing them in general. But it was nice just to it was nice to see these kids really just like. Star Trek and they really gave a kick out of it and that was nice yeah it was nice to see the next generation of uh, viewers uh, all ages yeah of all ages so yeah it was a really good panel and uh, we didn't really you know it's interesting there is a you know there's a hint that you know the kids have to run from Janeway who's searching for Chakotay and so that's part of the plot of the next 10 episodes I guess is that they're running from Janeway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that was a the lot most of fun. uncomfortable part of that panel, though, was that you had this actor on stage in dressed up as doll in doll oh, costume. Yes. It was yes. like, it was, you know, they did it for the kids, but it was just kind of awkward. It was because he couldn't speak. Well, because he couldn't speak, right? And yes. literally at one point, Janeway was like, can you please, like, back up because she was trying to speak to other panelists and she was like can you like sit back like it was just it was funny and awkward so yeah yeah there was uh they made an extra room for him but uh, yeah yeah i was like why why are we here why is why is he here whatever it's fine and then Yeah. yeah we had lunch and then the last panel was picard like dead last it was, I was bored. Right. I was like, there were, there really wasn't anything I thought was particularly special about that panel. But personally, you, know, you probably got more out of it than I did. 
Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I loved, I loved the cast, but, uh, you know, it was Michelle Hurd, mm-hmm. Lisa Briones, Evan Evagora, and uh, Annie Wershing. Yes. Um, so, and in this case, they also did the same thing that sort of Strange New Worlds did, is that they let Annie have a lot of the spotlight, which I thought was great, because the three of them had been on stage before. We had even seen them at uh, Las Vegas. Uh, although Michelle Hurd had come in through Zoom, I think, for part of that, for that part. But they told a lot of the same stories, um, which right. I'm sure people, some people in the audience had not heard before. We had because we had seen them in Las Vegas. Um, and, and there really wasn't much to talk about, um, except there wasn't much to talk about. They, yeah, they talked about the board Queen. They talked about the current season. They obviously can talk about season three. I wonder if they're all in season three. And yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any teaser or anything because before we went to Chicago, we got a teaser on the internet introducing the fact that the original cast from Next Generation are joining. On Star Trek Day, they decided to drop, which we did not talk about last week because we had recorded our episode right before Star Trek Day. But on yes, Star Trek right. Day, they decide to drop the teaser for Picard season three. And it was like, holy fucking shit. Like the whole TNG cast is coming back. And, yes. you know, I am moderately excited. I'm trying to choose my words <laughs> carefully. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also wary because the first thing that that came to my mind is this is amazing, but there's a 50% chance that they're going to fuck it up. So, (laughs) and they're like, Oh, this is like, you know, this is, this is a good, this is the, the, the send off that we can give to change cast, because obviously, you know, a lot of people have poor opinions of nemesis and I'm like, Mm. all right, well then they better not fuck it up, you know, cause this is their last chance really. It is their last chance, yeah. I, uh, Patrick Stewart is not going to become Picard again. No. And, no, uh, he, he needs to it. retire. He needs to retire. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Uh, they had little voices from each one of the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, that was new. It was all new. Um, so... And we got confirmation yeah. that none of it's going to be, like, a cameo or anything like that. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. They're legit going to have roles. Yeah, they're getting the band back together again, as as one would say. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. So you kind of wonder what's going to happen to our current cast. Uh, I can go. Eleanor, I'm like, I don't care about you, bitch. It's fine if you come back or not. He's just like, he's just such a non-presence to me. I don't really care. He's a Briones, too. Like, she's fine. But I don't know. Like, you know, like this season, we're going to talk about in a minute, but She's fine. I, 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 you know, she's she's serving a role this season, but it also I could do without her. Like season three, Picard's back, obviously, and I think the only ones I really want are Rafi and Seven, and maybe Chris, and then the other people. I'm like, I don't really care. So, well, you're missing. Girardi, oh, Gerardi, Gerardi. Oh but let's gosh. see. Let's see what happens to Gerardi in the finale. If she becomes like the Borg Queen or she is the Borg Queen, I don't know if she's going to really fit into the story of season three. We'll see. Well, it, the story of season three might be the Borg. Borg. 
It might be a Borg whole season. Maybe. That might be interesting. But yeah, I thought it would be too much Borg. I don't know. Well, I mean, TBD. once and for all, the, yeah. Well, However, sort, this, uh, this announcement does, you know, like I've been kind of on board with this idea that season two might be a cliffhanger and we might get like issues with time travel left over. I'm just not sure now with this, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Cause I don't want season three to be another time travel story. I don't think I need another season of time travel, but at the same time, I want to make sure that this is our prime timeline cast, like time prime timeline crew, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want like an alt reality timeline, you know, it needs to be like the family, you know, the TNG family. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, they bear. I'm I'm not kidding you. They better not fuck this shit up. Like I'll be so mad. Well, you're gonna be saying that for a year before we see the fruits of this. So we'll have to. Wait well, there are, some people are saying that it might actually be later this year. I don't know. That's that's very aggressive, but it's possible. I mean, they finished filming like a month ago, and they are they're they already in post. Yeah, they're in post. A month then, or two uh, ago, and they're yeah, they're they're definitely in post production. Yeah, and the fact that uh, Discovery is not even filming yet will, so that right. won't take its normal November. I mean, they, if they're if they push it, yeah, it's possible. Like you know, six to eight months, but we'll see. I don't know what, how they're planning to cadence their yeah, schedule. We don't know, we don't, schedule. Yeah, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like. So, but anyway, uh... so quick take: What was your highlight? It's obviously Friday meeting Will and. And Doug, that sounds like that was a highlight. Yes. Favorite part. Doug, and yeah, that was by far my favorite part. Uh, I did like the teasers that we got, the little Mm -hmm. nuggets. I think I made it worthwhile. Uh, You know, it was a little, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, yeah, those are, that's, yeah, those are my highlights. What about you? Do you have a highlight? Yeah, I think Saturday was my highlight. Um, Between the show panels that we got that were really strong and, the Kate Moore panel. That was that was my favorite day. It's there was a lot happening. Oh yeah, and the, the one thing we didn't, you know, I got to meet some people after the LGBTQ collective panel. So we're gonna have one of them on on our podcast mm. later mm-hmm. this month. Uh, so I thought that was really cool to make a connection with someone on a panel there. Uh, I didn't talk to anyone, but that's nice no. that you made the connection. Yes, yes, yes. So the more extroverted of the two of us. Yes, I mean, I, I, I'm, yes, I like people. Yes. Uh, I can, I can, I can give it, I can, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> you are literally a hundred year old man in a 40 man, 40 year old man's body. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah, I can take uh, it. Get, get off my get lawn. Get off my lawn. That's, that's right. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the panel. So you enjoyed the panels on Saturday. I think one of the things that I'm most disappointed with is the fact that Wilson Cruz was not invited. You know, I uh, totally forgot about that. Um, I know we complain about leading up to the panel, but then I think I literally forgot about it. Yeah, I did not forget about it. Um, never forget. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag never forget. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the most. Uh, disappointing thing but I think by the end of it 
you know, I think he got invited at the last minute and he had already had plans. He was in, he was at, in LA at Outfest mm -hmm. and, uh, already had plans and, you know, uh, good for him for sticking to his plans. Uh, but he was definitely missed. And I think that was the, probably the most disappointing part of the weekend for me was not mm. having him there. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was also great meeting our fellow podcasters. Yeah. That was really cool meeting the whole gang. Uh, we have a nice photo. I don't know if we posted it anywhere. Did we yeah, we posted it. I posted it on we Instagram. The, uh, the whole Our group photo. photo? Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, fine. Relax. Oh my uh -huh. gosh. You know, you're, you're, yes. Anyway. Anyway. Cool. Well, let's, uh, so we've only watched Picard once and yes, I'm familiar with the, the, yes, I'm familiar with the picture. Uh, thank you. Um, so let's get into talking about Picard season two's episode six, two of one. You seem upset. I I'm sorry. I don't want to be rude, but I'd like to be alone. Okay. In my experience, when I'm distraught, I find talking about something else often helps. Any suggestions, then? Look up. Can you tell me about that ship? OV-165 shuttle. I call her Spike because she's got these kick-ass Aero spike engines that use less fuel. I don't mean any offense, but you seem a little up in years to be a security guard. True. But I am the wisest of them all. But you're thinking they let anyone be an astronaut these days. Sometimes those who shine the brightest feel the sting of fear and melancholy in ways that others can never understand. You're talking like you know me. You're René Picard, astronaut of the Europa mission. You must be capable of such great things to have come this far. And... Uh, to be honest, you know, both of us watched it on the plane ride out to yeah. Chicago on Thursday. <laughs> I don't think it was like the best viewing experience, but it was um, So that was the last time. And we've obviously had a lot of influx of Star Trek information into our heads. So we're going to try to talk about this episode, uh, but we've both only watched it once. So... I know. I, think, I, I wish I, <laughs> I watched it again, but I did not. <laughs> So. Yes, I did not either. Um, so just maybe the, I'll read the the description just to help us jog our memory here. With the help of Talon, Picard, and the crew infiltrate a gala on the eve of the joint space mission to protect one of the astronauts they believe to be integral to the restoration of the timeline, Rene Picard. Corey makes a startling discovery about her father's work, which I would not have remembered had I not read that line. Um, so that was a major part of the episode. Yeah, by that's, where I, we, that's where we left the episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't, you know, I remember it now, but I would not have remembered. Maybe we would have gotten there. Maybe we would have brought it up. But um, 
let's talk a little bit about the gala. Uh, we had some issues with the gala, parts of the gala. I had issues uh, with the whole episode. I mean, it was it was fine. I think the sentiment that we both had after watching the episode was like it was fine. It it inched some of the plot forward. It opened yes. up new mysteries. It did, but there there were just like in universe issues i had with it and it wasn't quite you know last week i was saying like oh you know i i'm always up for like a heist episode or you know like a heist oh, movie. it was not a heist episode it was not, not it was like i feel they kind of set it up as a heist and then it was kind of just lame like literally boring dinner Jurati, party Jurati gets arrested on purpose and she is I mean, the the one good thing, the you know, the interactions between Jurati and the Borg Queen, I think, were my, again, my favorite part mm-hmm. of this episode. I, I think that that's going to be, like, a through line for this whole season, Jurati and the Borg Queen. Thank God there's them, because I don't know where the yes. rest of it's going. Um, but, it, you know, like, it was funny. Like, she was, like, Jurati was, like, locked up. Like, she had just handcuffed to the chair, and she's, like, trying to, like, She's trying to use her body weight to like move the chair forward, and the poor queen just sitting there is like, "All right, bitch, do your thing. Uh, you know, I can help you if you want. You know." Um, and then finally, she yeah, she lets the poor queen help her, and then she uses her fancy USB drive to kind of like override the system, <laughs> yeah. security, or whatever, right, whatever. Yes. And then basically, yes, the the crew goes in, and then most of them don't do anything like literally don't do anything seven is socializing with people rafi is mostly kind of just at the bar and hanging out i guess and like observing people um you had chris who at least follows renee for a minute like for just a moment Mm -hmm. and then kind of like lose track of her I i don't i don't quite remember what happened but and he was also like commenting about how the 21st century is kind of kind of cool because he's fallen in love with someone or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like most of them just don't do anything. I'm like, why are they, why are they all there if they don't have roles or if they're not even going to be, because Seven's already like drinking wine, like laughing at people. I'm like, are you doing your job? Like, Which is all she did during this episode. I don't she even didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. She, she may have said anything. five words whole episode. If I not. mean, she looked great. That was, she yeah, had she, this like yeah. awesome, like, aquamarine dress dress on it looked fabulous everyone looked good at least Mm -hmm. so at least you get the you know the the usually cool outfits that people who are in heist mode get but literally like i was like yeah what's happening where are you guys what's the plan there's no plan you know it was kind of like eh. well and you know picard was talking to talon just about interfering and not interfering and so there was that piece of it right and um so you know she's one, never interfered oh and one good moment is because he's about to interfere and then he runs into adam stone that was good oh that, that was good you're right yeah that was a good moment because you you see the you see the shock on picard's face yeah, the fact that he remembered, or that because he said we know each other, and you know Picard was floored by this, right? Absolutely yes. floored. Like, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, it definitely threw him off his stride. He did not know what was going on. Um, 
could not. Yes, it was very disconcerting for him. Yes, and, and he played it well. Played, he played very, really yeah. well. Really well. Because uh, yeah. yes, um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, I think that was one of the best parts of this episode was that scene. Um, yeah. But then it was yeah. weird because, all right, so Adam Sung obviously inserts himself into Gaza. I don't know what this what this foundation is. Your mission, whatever, by donating huge chunks of money. Yes. And he's, he. the only thing he really does is try to, he tries to get Picard kicked out, which doesn't really work because we'll talk about it in a minute. And then he just decides just to, you know, run Renee over. I'm kind of like, Wait, it goes from like trying to prevent Picard from interfering to running Renee over. I'm like, could he have used his inter- like his influence in some other way to like get her off the mission? Maybe Q would have been like, oh, leak leak her leak um her 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 audio files or what you know of the, her her sessions or something. Maybe that can mm. smart you know maybe leak her leak their sessions and show how unstable Renee is, and that could have gotten her kicked off the mission. I would, I would, that wouldn't smart. Um, no, instead, Adamson tries to run this woman over. I'm like, is that the, is that the best way for this to all work? Well, that, and that was after, you know, what I thought, what I think was a very nice scene between Renee and Patrick Stewart, Picard. Yes, that was, Picard and Picard. Yes. She's, he solved you know, all her problems in 30 seconds. It was more like three minutes, and it wasn't solving your problems. It was. It just was not three the... minutes. It was like max, like two minutes. Okay, whatever. However long it was, whatever it was, it was just the pep talk that she needed to realize that her problems are worth overcoming, and finding that the self worth that she needed to continue in this mission. So, he. I... Yes, it was, a, it was a good conversation. He, he, you know, it was a good conversation. It was sort of like a grandfather speaking, literally a grandfather speaking to his granddaughter um, in reverse, if you can imagine right. that. Um, yeah, I liked how he, like... Giving her the pep talk that she needed, you know. you know, And, like, just... about how fear is something that makes us i don't remember the exact words that he said it was like some, yeah, something that we can either. learn from or something like that blah, blah, blah. Like whatever, whatever. yeah it's more of a guide than a something to run away from right um, something like that something like that yeah so yeah i thought that was really really nice a nice little scene between the two of them because it wasn't it was it was just it was just you know it was jean-luc and renee it wasn't you know, there wasn't anything else, and and he didn't interfere in a way that was overt. Right. Uh, so he didn't affect the timeline in that sense. Uh, you know, he was dressed like a security guard, so it was kind of like this grandfatherly security guard. Which but can we talk about how everyone is converging on Jean Luc, and then Gerardi distracts everyone with her musical number, and then suddenly it's like. Oh, let's give you like, you know, let's give you like this little ID badge and you're good, you know, and everyone forgets about. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Rios had been following Renee, so he knew where Renee was. Right. So he went to meet her after they got out of the situation where Adam Sung was going to have them removed from the party because of all of that. And all the exits were blocked off. But then all the exits were blocked off. And then then suddenly the lights went out thanks to the Borg Queen and 
then suddenly there's a spotlight on Girardi and she sings this song, which the band miraculously starts playing the music it, to. It makes um, no sense. It like really, no, it does not. It, make it any totally sense took me out plus, of the show because I was like, yes. this is, it was like, it literally was like, this is like La La Land. Like, I, I, yes. I told you, I was like surprised that everyone didn't start dancing, like in sync with the musical number. It was like, a, it was literally a musical moment. Like, literally, the spotlight's on her. All the lights are out, though some of the, you know, some there the spotlight's on and the band knows exactly what to play. It's just like mm-hmm. very like silly Hollywood, a very silly Hollywood moment that does not fit in the universe of the show. Right. You know, it's, it was very distracting. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, she's a good singer. I, I'll give her, oh, yeah, she's you know, great, I'll give yeah, her that. But yeah, no, she did a wonderful job with it. And in the end, it was all a ploy by the Borg Queen to take control of her body because right. she needed the she needed the stress hormones to go away and the endorphins to to come in and take over. So let's so. let's go back to that in a second because I want to go back to the not that we jump around or anything. But it never no, happens. No, not at all. No, we're doing this in a very linear fashion. Yeah, it's very linear. Um, going back to the Renee and Jean Luc conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I enjoyed, I liked the conversation. And yes, I thought that, I thought that Patrick Stewart did a great job kind of giving this very warm, just a warm, caring sense that, you know, this, th- that this is a pep talk that will hopefully help this woman. Um, it just also bugged me because A, it was like literally it, it was like a minute and a half, two minutes, and you know it kind of reverses Renee's course. But the thing is that when we, when we are kind of introduced to Renee in epi- like really an episode ago, and we kind of see when when Talon's kind of talking about Renee's problems, I feel there's more. To, it's not just like she's afraid of the mission. She's also she has deeper issues like she's like suffering from talent gave the impression that she's suffering from depression maybe a little and we also we also get these like flashbacks to renee like in the cockpit and she seems to be like a little bit of like i, I don't know it, it, it's not like ptsd but it's like it's like very like you know she, she's having these like flashes right of like failure and yeah, there seems to be like deeper very stressful yeah, it's a very. But there seems to be issue. like talent gave the impression that she has like deeper set issues than just oh she's a little you know worried about the mission she's afraid. It she made I she gave she the impression she's battling she's battling depression she's battled depression in her life and probably some anxiety disorder of some right. sort. So there's like bigger there's issues at hand, yeah. and I feel that this while the conversation was great and the pep talk was great, it doesn't really. I don't know, you know, maybe we'll go back to it and maybe there'll be more, but I feel it was kind of just like very, you know, nip in the bud. Thanks for the pep talk, old man. I'm ready. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Because it, and Star Trek has done this before. I mean, we talked about this in Discovery where, you know, as you recall, like, I think Discovery actually did it better where Tilly, you know, she was kind of feeling at the beginning of of season four, she was kind of feeling lost. She wasn't sure what, you know, what her path was. And it took a little bit of time to kind of get her to a place where she was like, yeah, I, I need to change course. You know, the, the course I'm on is not where I should be, what I should be on. I'm on it because I was raised by my mom to like think about a certain way. Like we dived a little bit deeper into 
like Tilly's issues and why she was feeling this malaise, right? And I really like that. Um, that was one of the highlights of about season four that we actually didn't talk about much, but that was one of the highlights of season four. We just forgot about it because the rest of the season was so terrible. But, you know, here I just, I don't like it when you, you're presented with this like very complex problem, like anxiety, depression, right? And then it's like, all good, fixed. Again, maybe we'll get more. I just like, maybe. I just thought it was too quick to solve. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I agree. There's some, a little bit of missing from that. I think also the fact that we haven't really addressed is that, you know, Q as her therapist has been actively manipulating and undermining her. So there's mm-hmm. that piece of it as well. You know, I think that... Well, telling me it sounds like it's like she's had a hard life too, right? Remember? Like, I don't remember the exact words. Yeah, but, but she's... She but made she's it sound always, like she's had it hard. But she's always been successful, ultimately. Like, she's always mm-hmm. gotten through it. So I think that that's also part of it is that you kind of have to piece... Once you've gotten through it once, you can sort of get it through again and... Yeah, we, we kind of see all the negative side of, of what Renee is going through and not, you know, probably some excitement around this mission, you know, some anticipation about this mission that's positive um, mm-hmm. because her therapist has been actively undermining her. And so I think, you know, yes, I, I, I agree that maybe Picard, you know, Jean-Luc's little speech didn't overcome all of the negative stuff that Q had been putting in her head. But I also want to say that Renee has is probably. It's hard to say where person. Q ends and Renee begins, right? Like, I mean, we don't know enough. We just we're just going off of what Talon said. Um, yeah. Well, but what, what I just Talon don't think that like a two minute pep talk is going to. Talon Talon was also showing. Um, you know, she's been watching these sessions, so she's kind of seen her through sure. all of this. It's not like she's. You know, it's all stuff she's observed. So I think that it's, um, you know, it's it's sort of factual, but but ultimately Renee has gotten through all of this and become very successful to the point where she's just training. She's now training for this mission. She's not on this mission already. It's just the training that's like high pressure and they keep on throwing her these sort of Kobayashi Maru scenarios where you can't win. They're not, you know, I don't think that she's, I don't from the couple of times that you see this scenario, I don't think that there's a way she can win it. Like I think we only saw it throwing... once. We only saw her in the cockpit one time. I mean, like, I don't know. Obviously we, we have very limited information to go off of. Um I just personally did not I know what you're saying. I just personally didn't really buy that like a quick pep talk from old from a stranger. It's gonna fix all your problems. Yeah, no, there's some questions there, certainly, yeah. But so, um, yeah, yeah, they're walking. So the so we've got two other things to talk about. We've got um, only two talked about a little bit. Well, I mean, two other things that are around this, right? We we have the Girardi performance, which we I guess we've done enough about. Um, One thing that I was thought was interesting at the beginning of episode. Ah, sorry, I can't speak. At the beginning of the episode was because we get we get a glimpse into Gerardi's mindset post kind of letting the board queen in. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, I know we, we debated about this last week when it comes to Gerardi and what 
what was her mindset when she kind of let the board queen, you know, touch her and basically like not assimilate her, but kind of let her in. Right. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this episode, I got the sense that, and I'm interested to hear what you think. I got the sense that Gerardi did on purpose because she needed to preserve the board queen so that they can get her home because she was like, yeah, I'm only letting you, I'm only not getting rid of you. Cause I need, you know, we need you to get home. So she purposely kind of in my mind, that's like her saying that she let the did on purpose, but that she also felt that she was under control, but that she also kind of enjoyed having the board queen there. Like there were all the, I feel there were like, it's a very mixed bag of emotions, but it's like, you know, she, she, she let it, she let it happen. Like there's a reluctance there, but at the same time, she's glad that she did it. And she has the sense that yes, she's, she, she has control of the situation, but there's also this like liberation of like the board queen kind of like pushing her into these kind of like more thrilling situations, which she, you know, I, I think that she liked it. So I thought that was, that was interesting. Like just kind of exploring her mindset. And what were you curious about from that? I thought about which part? No, I, I was curious about what you thought about, you know, her mindset and her also just, other than the the performance, like her her interactions with the board queen. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know what quite to make out of it, to be honest. I'm kind of, yeah, I, you know, I think that Girardi, I think that the queen has gotten into her head, not physically, she obviously physically now, but I think she got into her head early on with all the little comments about being like alone and all the timelines and whatnot and all that stuff. Um, So I think that there's that longing to feel connected. Um, I think it's something that she struggled with throughout her whole life. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, this isn't anything new. Um, So I think that there's some, some need for this connection that she Mm. thinks that the queen is going to get. But I also think that she thinks she's strong enough to handle having the queen in her head, which is why she does all of that, you know, kind of does all that or or is temporarily mesmerized by the queen and the queen injects herself into, into Girardi. Um, You know, I think it's interesting now. So the queen is in command now of her body. And so in this next episode, they're going to go searching for her. Um, as we kind of see in the scene in the preview. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious what this means long term for her and, and whether they're, you know, whether they're going to be able to separate her out or not. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like Locutus's thing where, you know, a lot of, you know, he had the, the voices of the Borg in his head, but mm-hmm. all the implants have been removed. So it's, yeah, there's no implants or, or whatever she injected her into her. Is well, there's probably some nanites there. or whatever. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I'm curious what this, you know, whether it's even going to be possible to separate them down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I, I think that we're pretty, pretty much sold on the fact that the queen from episode one who right. beams over to the stargazer is going to be revealed to be Girardi. Um, and I do still feel like we're going to get a cliffhanger from that. I think that that's going to lead into season three, but we'll see. Um, they still have to get back to that without 
you know that whole piece but i know um so i don't know you know I, i'm 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 actually really enjoying Girardi's journey this season other than seeing it's, her end it's my favorite being, it's it is my favorite like subplot i mean I, I i'm enjoying this rafi seven piece which was definitely put up pushed aside for the most part except for rios's and rafi's conversation at the bar mm-hmm. um it was good to see rafi not drink though she made a choice not to drink right so even though she's club soda with all this club soda and she saw elnor again so she's definitely you know still dealing with that which of course she's going to be so there's all of that going on and then you know the last part of this episode is twofold one it's adam sung running down picard which causes them to take him to not the hospital but to teresa so we get teresa back again and then and well one thing that's directly connected to that i wasn't entirely a fan of the framing device of the episode which was the card oh, run over and then it's like yeah. 24 minutes earlier i'm like yeah all right like it's, it's just he's not gonna die like you know there's like no no stakes in it like and we literally mm. a day before got a glimpse of season three where he's fine like it's just like you know it, it it's it's trying to set up these stakes but i i don't really it as a as a viewer, I didn't really buy it. I don't know if it added anything to the plot in the way that the story it's unfolded. A story, it's a storytelling device, really. It's not, you know, rather than telling it linearly, linear, linearly, linearly, yes, literally, um, they told it in this kind of flashback. It just wasn't. Flashback. You know, the problem is like usually when you do that, it's like something really high stakes. It's just like this wasn't very high stakes because you know, well, I think like, the you know it's going to be episode- fine. Well, yes, eventually, but I also think that the other stakes are that the Borg Queen is in tr- control of Girardi. Um, no, but I'm just talking about like him of... lying on the floor, like blood coming oh, out of his mouth. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was yeah, like, no. 14 minutes earlier. I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. No, I there are other stakes in the mix for sure, but yeah, there are. John LeBicard dying is not one of my concerns. For this season we'll see if he survives season three i don't know but right 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 yeah you know i don't know either yeah um but yes yeah, going back he, to dr Teresa. dr yes yeah, so they went you know so they so part of it is that and then we go back to adam sung coming home and corey asking you know he's clearly either um inebriated he is either either that or he's traumatized by what he's done um how far he's gone to to make this all happen and you know he's kind of going insane which he you know others would say he's already insane but um so there's that piece of it um where was i going with this but then we learn then Corey goes and learns because he leaks out just enough information that makes her wonder what Mm -hmm. like he's kind of he's nonsensical to her and so she kind of goes looking for more information um, because I think he said something to the effect of you're the last one. And so that sort of, um, what does that mean? You know, I didn't, what does that mean? You're the last one. So she right. goes and finds all these pictures of her, but not her because she doesn't remember any of these photos being taken. So we uncover that, you know, he's been, 
she's a clone of some sort or something like that. We don't know what exactly. Uh, it's still unclear what she is, but uh, the other piece of this, though, is now the focus has become on Corey and Adam Sung. Obviously, Picard, where, you know, Talon's going to go into his head and kind of help him out, figure out whatever's going on. But um, what's the other thing? Girardi's on the loose, so they're, they've got to find right. Girardi. Yes. And there's one other thing, one other, like, ball in the air. I forget. This whole idea with, I guess, Teresa, you know, and, and what's going to happen with Rios. Is Rios going to go back with them, or is he going to stay in this timeline? Right. And stay in this time. So um, I think that covers everybody, right? Yeah. I think I mean, so. It's a small yeah, cast. I think... It's a small cast, but... Yeah, I think we didn't next see episode... This episode. What? We didn't see Q this episode, so we don't know. Oh, mm. the other piece is that Renee... Renee has gone into um, quarantine or something. Quarantine. So she's secure in the mission. So that's sort of that's sort of fixed or what they think is fixed. So they're well, yeah, we'll see. I don't you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, um, I think next episode we're going to get um, a deep dive into Picard's background and childhood. And we'll finally learn more about what's going on with these flashbacks we've been getting all season. Yeah. Still waiting I, for, I, still waiting for uh, the grander plan here and what lesson Picard, uh, not Picard, what lesson Q is trying to teach Picard what's at stake for Q. Like that's still, we don't know what the yeah. deal with that is. Again, I hope that that's not all. I hope we don't wait until episode 10 to reveal all of that. It'll just be a little annoying. Because we still, yes, we still need to go back to the future and do and unveil the board queen. Like there's just, you know, all those things that need to be unpacked. So yeah, there's a lot uh, kind of left hanging right now. And yeah, the Q, the Q storyline is definitely the piece that I am most interested in. Like, what is that going? I was to thinking do? about this. Like, what's interesting is, um, you know, this this is very reminiscent of, to me. Um, it's, it's very reminiscent of all good things because Q is trying to teach Picard a lesson. There's a lot of time travel involved. And if you think about the structure of, of all good things, which again, in my mind is one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. Um, basically the, the, the grand plan is unveiled at the middle, like in the, at the end of part one of like Q brings Picard back to 300 million BC and he's like, and he makes Picard understand what the implicate what the implications of his actions have been, and what's at stake, and and then you deal you deal with it in the second half, you know, and that's what made it so effective. Like you don't wait until the very end. You like you unveil the plan, you unveil the the, the structure of the story and what's at stake, and you deal with it. So. I'm just, I'm like, oh my God, we're episode six. We still don't know anything. It's still such a big mystery box. I just don't want, again, what has been very common with these serialized stories nowadays where you're waiting until like episode eight, episode nine to like show us your cards, you know? So TBD. Yeah, hopefully t- tomorrow's episode will kind of... Uh move us forward much further than yes, what, what this this episode has kind of inched us forward uh so we'll see i mean there's definitely a lot going on with girardi and i'm trying to find her but 
and also what's going with Picard, but does Q and Corey and Adam fit into this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so we'll 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 know tomorrow, I guess. Um, Adam's one definitely has a fit into it somehow because in the alt future we see that statue of him. Statue, so there's right, yes. there has to be something, but but now the yeah. question is how does that still connect with Renee and her mission, or is that kind of like a red herring of some sort? You know. Yeah, I'm getting the feeling that it, you know it is the red hair. It is a red herring, and that the real the real issue is Adam Sung and Corey. So, um, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, and I do feel I do feel like you. They are running out of time. Tomorrow's episode seven. That leaves yeah. three episodes left to wrap it up and get us back to twenty four oh one. So, I don't know. I don't know. Let's uh, let's hope that they can do it. And do it well. Uh, but we'll see. So I think that wraps it up for, for this episode that we've only watched once. Uh, a lot of vagueness and some of what we were sharing. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I still think it's a strong season. I, I'm still enjoying it. I mean, it's it. definitely better than season one by like by leagues, for sure. Like because I really did not like season one. This one, at least, we're we're exploring these characters, doing a little more of them. I just don't want them to like. I have complaints, obviously. I have, I have complaints about the season, but nothing like my complaints about season one. So, right, it's all relative. I'm definitely enjoying the season more than season one, at least. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, uh, there we go. Two of one. Done. Yeah. Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor who we also saw in Chicago? Yeah, we saw the guys from Fansets, this whole team. And uh, yeah, I came home with uh, a couple of Chicago exclusive pins that that are soon to be available on their website. But I got a Mission Chicago pin with the Chicago backdrop uh, in it. And uh, there are two others. There's one with the Enterprise D, and then there's a smaller one with just the Mission Chicago logo. Uh, and then my, as I reach to grab it, my pride and joy is this, which I just noticed that it's the Enterprise A, actually. It's not the refit, but it is looks like the refit. So, but this is the new three-dimensional pin, magnetic pin slash stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, it's a lot of pin. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's not it's not even a pin. I would say it's more of a it's like really a pin. it's like it's like a magnet. It's a magnet it's slash. A, it's a stand. magnet slash stand. So I have it standing, not because um, I you know as I looked at the the plaque. So it comes with the dedication plaque, and it is for the seventeen oh one A. My favorite is the refit of the original Enterprise, but they look the same. So. Mm. Um, so this is a really nice pin. So it should be on fansets.com very soon. But we want to thank John and Lou and the whole team at Fansets. They had a whole crew there uh, this uh, this past weekend. It was great to see them. They're great people. They're great small business, and we they're they're the exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and of our our show. Deep Space Pride. And so if you head on over to fansets.com, put in the code DS Pride, you're going to get 10% off your order. 
plus if you're over thirty dollars, which this um, it's over thirty dollars. It's like forty dollars. Uh, yeah, I think this enterprise pin is uh, forty, uh, and the other pins, the Chicago pins, are each one's a little bit different. I don't know what the prices are. They're not up on the website just yet, as it was a little. You know, they were heading back and, and encountering some weather issues on their way back. But this is a gorgeous pin. I definitely, definitely recommend picking this up. Uh, get 10% off of it and get it shipped to you free uh, by going over to fansets.com and placing an order. And there are a ton more pins over there to check out. But we want to thank Fansets, John and Lou, and the whole gang for their support of the Truck Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Thanks, Fansets. Cool. So, Johnson, why don't you tell our listeners what, how, not what, how they can share their thoughts on Picard season two, uh, or if they were at Chicago mission, Chicago, if they have any thoughts on that or anything else. Yeah. Um, well, everyone can reach us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at deep space pride, or you can email us at deep space pride at gmail.com. And if you do reach out to us, we'll do our best Mike will do his best to uh, get back to you. <laughs> and we would also Excited love it if you enjoy this podcast and want to support us as a podcast, leave us a five, four-star review, four or five-star review. Hopefully five. If not five, then at least four. Apparently, we have a one-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. I was like, what the fuck? Yes, as you <laughs> so I was like, what? With no Why? comments. Well, that's fine. But... Uh, Yes, we would love for you all, if you, again, enjoy this podcast, to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And hopefully uh, that will make us more popular. And uh, we'll start earning money, and then we can just live off our riches and just talk about (laughs) Star Trek all the time. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yes, that unfortunately will not probably happen in any any timeline, in any timeline, Mm -mm. unfortunately. But, But, uh, yeah. But we enjoy doing this, and we hope you enjoy listening to us. And thanks, everybody, for listening to us. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back here next week to talk about more Star Trek. Yes, more Star Trek. Cool. And we're, yeah. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about is... Oh, man. Here we go. So this Saturday... We were supposed to go to Mary Wiseman's play. That was a surprise. I, I had, <laughs> yeah, right, so right. for our listeners, I had told Mike, block off your Saturday afternoon. And the surprise <laughs> was to go see Mary Wiseman um, at her yes. play that's playing in New York off-Broadway at the wedding, because she's gotten amazing reviews. Uh, Mary Wiseman yes. is apparently great in this play. And it was canceled. I found out during the convention, I got this email. I was like, wah, wah. It was canceled because mm. co- of COVID. Like, apparently some of the cast members got COVID. And they Archer. canceled basically a block of performances, including the one that I had planned. And I spilled the... Mike had already kind of guessed that that was probably what we were going to do. Like, one of... It was, like, one of two guesses. And I spilled the beans to Mike. I let him know we were going to go see Mary Wiseman, but the play got canceled and I can't Mm -hmm. find any other openings. Fast forward two days. I I, I looked again at at Ticketmaster and 
one performance had like literally it was like two opening like two seats open yes. in the first row oh really yeah but, sweet um i was like what and i was like mike are you free on the 24th <laughs> and yes we're gonna go see mary wiseman so the 24th or the 20th next saturday oh, whatever that is next saturday. Saturday. 23rd yeah. 23rd 23rd um sweet. so yeah, we, we will be that. reviewing uh at the wedding uh, our next episode but we can talk about it very quickly on our on the episode after give her yes. give her a review uh, of mary wiseman yeah. in at the wedding uh, yes maybe even get her to sign the playbook sure the playbook whatever yeah that'd be yeah. cool yeah uh, i love mary wiseman she's great she's so funny yes, yes. she's just great sure. comedic timing um another mm-hmm. another another star so. Yeah, so it was, yeah, her final scenes and, or her, you know, the final scenes in Discovery's finale were great with her and Dadmiral there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That was really good. Yes, we miss her. Yeah, we, we miss her. her. We miss her. Well, I was saying, like, I don't know who the replacement, who the Tilly replacement is. Oh, yeah, we don't. Is. We don't have a Tilly replacement, right? I know. So. They kind of need that. They need someone. And I mentioned this to you about repeat to our listeners. They they've set up Adira to be this like smart, brilliant, awkward Tilly replacement, but mm. Adira doesn't have Tilly's ability to see into like the heart of things and speak truth. Like that mm. was one great thing about Tilly. Right, right. In her awkwardness, she was very honest and she was able to let people see and she was her honesty allowed people to see like the truth in the matter of things and to help them to realize. Um, something that they didn't before because Tilly was able to speak that truth into their lives. And she was like, just she was just so earnest and she was kind of like part of the heart of Discovery, you know, in that way. Um, Adira's great, but Adira's not that. Adira's not that. And no. I don't know who is supposed to kind of replace Tilly's role in that. So I, don't know. I think that's honestly one of the reasons why we didn't like the rest the the rest of the season either that was other than the fact that it was slow it was like kind of all over the place there was a lot there was a lot there was a lot of reasons but that was like tilly would have helped but i don't think she would have saved the season no 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 no. but but she was Um, she her absence contributed for sure i would say yes yes. so why we were so happy to see her in the finale but Yes. Um, yeah, I don't think she could have saved it, though, all by herself. Sure. If she did, if she had, that would have been miraculous and wonderful. But, you know. Yeah. You know, no, there were there were many issues. Yeah. Um, um, but I'm really curious why, yeah, why she was absent. I, you know, I think this play was part of it, but I'm wondering if there's something else. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, I'm curious. Just generally curious, but, um, yeah. Maybe she couldn't be away in... in in Canada for that long? I don't know. I have no idea. I know her life. Anyway. I don't know either. But anyway, we'll We can ask her. We can ask her when we see her. We can have her. We'll do an on-the-street interview with her after the play. There we go. Oh, my God. Look forward to that in a couple of weeks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone.
Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.